Are you ready to overcome the complexities and burdens that come with your success? Join the team at Centura Wealth Advisory in the Live Life Liberated podcast. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Live Life Liberated with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. Jonathan, how are you? I know you're in the hot seat today running the interview. What's going on? Hi, it is a hot seat because, you know, it's middle of summer and the weather outside is very warm. But uh, in here, it's cool. And I'm just excited to have a new guest come on to today's show and uh, introduce him to our listening audience. Yeah, somebody brand new in studio. Who'd you bring in? Yeah, uh, his name is Roby Cotcamp. Uh, He is a wealth advisor based out of Scottsdale, Arizona. So he knows what the heat's all about. Mm -hmm. But he decided to come to San Diego and uh, cool off a little bit and join the show. Uh, So we're excited to have him in here. And uh, I'll give a little bit more time uh, for him to introduce himself. But he's been in the business uh, as I'll call it maybe a second career. Uh, But you'll hear more about that later. But uh, yeah, as a wealth advisor, he serves uh, high net worth clients all across the United States. And uh, we got connected uh, through a program that our joint custodian, TD Ameritrade, offered. And uh, through that uh, technology and uh, partnering program, we got introduced. uh, We got to know each other, learn a little bit more about each of our businesses, and really found uh, a mutual beneficial relationship that we're excited to share here today. So, Roby, why don't you uh, take a moment and introduce yourself to our listening audience? Yeah, great. Thanks, Jonathan. Uh, as you said, Roby Cotcamp. Um, just getting to know uh, the folks at Centura over the last couple of months and uh, excited to uh, jump in and start talking about things. Yeah, that's great. Well, um, so obviously, as I mentioned, uh, wealth advisory is not something you started your career path around, uh, and you've had a very diverse and interesting background. So, with that, kind of brief introduction. Tell us a little bit more about your early career and, and how that really set you up for today as an advisor to uh, your clients and a trusted advisor. What was it that, you know, the tools, the building blocks that really allowed you to, to kind of now provide great advice? Yeah, no, thanks. Um, so probably good maybe just to start sort of educational background. I uh, got my undergraduate degree in finance from Purdue University. I actually, when I started school, I thought I was going to be a chemical engineer. The good news was I was really good at the math. The bad news was that I think uh, the faculty was concerned I was going to blow up a lab at some point. So, uh, you know, fairly quickly made an adjustment there, moved into the finance track, got my uh, undergraduate degree in finance. Uh, after undergraduate, I uh, went on and uh, moved into environmental services. So actually um, did a number of things there. Wait, let me clear the, clear yeah, the record. Yeah. You didn't blow anything up while you're in college, <laughs> is that right? Yeah, no, indeed, I did not, but uh, there was fear that I might. Yeah, so, okay, uh, good. I just want to make that sure, because I think my track record's not as good as yours, but yeah. we'll leave that for another, another yeah. day. Yeah, no, so uh, when I came out of school, I, I went into environmental services, and actually uh, more of a uh, traditional corporate finance track. Um, so I did a number of different things there. So actually, I traveled the world uh, really early in my career, did a lot of internal financial reviews for the company, uh, helping them to understand. Which company? Uh, so specifically, it was waste management. Oh, yeah, a trash company. Yeah, a uh, trash company, recycling, a uh, whole host of things that they were involved in. Uh-huh. Uh, still a great company today, actually. 
Uh, so, so spent a handful of years there working with them, as I said, uh, doing some internal reviews, actually spent some time. I was a site controller at a facility in Puerto Rico, uh, actually was a division vice president, f financial controller for a division in uh, actually in Southern California. Nice. Um, and so really picked up some nice experiences there, spent a fair amount of time. We actually, we spent time doing uh, you know, things like looking at potential token acquisitions, things of that nature. And so really got a lot of kind of a deep uh, corporate finance uh, experience and background there. Um, so after, uh, after doing that for a handful of years, I actually decided I probably better go back to school. There's some things I don't know yet I'd like to learn. Uh, went to uh, Northwestern University, got my master's degree in finance. So uh, what most people think of as an MBA, for whatever reason, Northwestern is always referred to it as a master's in management and finance. Nobody knows why, but, uh, but that's what, uh, what they do there. So when I came out of school there, I uh, probably made an interesting decision. I, I had a number of consulting opportunities, but decided that what I really wanted to do was get involved in the aerospace industry at that point. Uh, and, and so I went to work uh, in the aerospace industry, got really a nice opportunity kind of moving into a general management path. And so the sorts of things that I did there, I, uh, again, worked uh, in some ways in mergers and acquisitions. I worked through uh, a number of different finance roles, ultimately, into kind of the general management side of the business. Uh, spent some time actually uh, helping to run a division in Asia, uh, distribution business that we had there. Uh, and then ultimately, sort of the, the, the final experience that I had there in the environmental services business, I was actually running a program management function for one of the larger divisions uh, there in it in our aerospace division. So, um, so how did all that get yeah. to giving you the tools to become an advisor? Yeah, so here's what was interesting. So, you know, as, as I thought back to the sort of the beginning of, uh, of my career and what did I really uh, think I was gonna do when I was in undergrad? Uh, and, and as I thought about that, it was like, you know, I, I always really sort of enjoyed the, the personal financial aspects of that. And as I developed my career, I always sort of, I had this knack, I was just reasonably good at, at kind of managing investments, uh, spent a fair amount of time helping family members, friends, uh, thinking through, you know, what, what are good ways that you should manage your investments, how should you manage your taxes, um, and really sort of always had a passion around that. So even as I was deeply involved in kind of 80 hour week corporate career, I still managed to find time on weekends and nights and whatever to kind of help family and friends. Um, so I had a, you know, interesting sort of personal life, I guess. I was very lucky, met sort of the girl of my dreams very early, got married relatively young. Um, we ended up not having children and we sort of, in some ways, kind of knew that that's the path we were going to go down. Um, and we both had relatively successful careers, got to a point, um, you know, after sort of a dozen or so years in the corporate world and recognized we'd been pretty blessed and we were in a position to sort of do whatever we wanted to do. And uh, at that point I said, hey, I think I may want to move in a different direction and, and really uh, understood that passion around uh, personal finance and how I might be able to help individuals and families to, to work on that. That's great. And yeah. so you ended up joining uh, an independent advisor at your firm or what did, how did you make that decision? Yeah. So, so, you know, so initially what I had to do is say, okay, it's great. You sort of know some things, but you know, you're, you're going to have to really do this professionally. So uh, as I was sort of exiting one career, entering another, I went and, uh, and studied and uh, passed the CFP exam, uh, which is sort of one of the standards in, in the industry that uh, are pretty well respected. Uh, did that and then uh, decided, yeah, I, I needed to go to work for uh, for a, a independent uh, uh, registered investment advisor, make sure sort of meet the uh, experience requirements, all those sorts of things to really do this. 
uh, as a profession. So, you know, worked with some terrific folks, um, learned a lot of things there, was uh, privileged to work with, you know, families sort of all across the spectrum from kind of beginners to folks with significant wealth and, you know, learned, uh, learned sort of how to help all of them through all those phases of, of uh, wealth accumulation. Yeah. So uh, somewhere along the path, you decided you got a, a spur, a bug <laughs> to uh, do your own deal, uh, start your own business. And uh, what was the impetus or why did you choose to go down that path versus just sticking it out? Yeah. So, uh, so interestingly, you know, after I'd sort of spent some time at, at the RIA uh, and, you know, picked up a lot of good experiences, my wife and I, you know, just sort of short story, short version of the story, I guess, my wife and I, you know, we're both experiencing some, some issues within the family that we just needed to deal with. And it became important just to step away for a little bit. Um, and it really sort of put us in a position that over a number of months, we could really evaluate, hey, what do you really want to do long term once we'd sort of navigated or through some navigated our way through the personal issues? Um, and, and as I thought through that, I said, you know, I, I've developed some pretty specific ideas of how I think I might like to help folks. Uh, and in particular, this sort of goes back to the early part of my career where I had done a lot of this corporate management kind of work. So I'd, you know, run pieces of large entities, um, you know, and really sort of looked at the entire spectrum of what goes on within kind of corporate finance, corporate general management, and, and recognized that that would probably resonate really well, particularly with, you know, successful executives, people that were doing particularly well in life. And I had a view or a vision of, you know, how I wanted to serve that set of people. Uh, and so initially I said, look, I'm, I'm essentially, I'm going to kind of start from scratch here. Uh, and I'm really going to make myself known as sort of more of a consultant initially. Uh, and help people that had some specific issues. And so initially, some of the things that I did actually helped some entrepreneurs through uh, either purchasing or selling businesses that they were involved in. So sort of guiding them through that process. And, uh, and as they got uh, comfortable and pretty happy with some of those things, uh, you know, people started to ask, hey, I, I know you were doing RIA work. Is that, you know, can you, can you continue to do that? Can you help me with those things? And uh, over the last few years, that's really just sort of exploded as uh, more and more people have said, love what you're doing, uh, want, want you to help me, want you to help my friends. And, and so it's really been a terrific experience. Yeah, no, it's great when you start doing good work. It kind of just, uh, you know, the, 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 the word gets out and becomes uh, a self, you know, a good positive uh, cycle uh, in terms of uh, generating new business. So right. I love how you have a very kind of focused um, niche, so to speak, in terms of helping successful executives and business owners, very similar to uh, those who we, we like to serve. Um, and so you started your own business, uh, basically, uh, as an independent, you can make a lot of decisions, determine what services you want to offer. And uh, been doing that for five years, right? Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah. So um, obviously, at some point, you got to a position uh, where you figured you had some pain. Yet, as running a, a business and trying to grow it, uh, you started running into some constra uh, constraints. So, tell us a little bit about what those were, and and then what caused you to say, "Hey, I, I gotta, I gotta change something here," and if I really want to achieve where I'm going. Yeah. So it was it really was you know it was the best possible problem to have is that the, the number one issue that I had really was capacity constraints, and so uh, you know the the way in which I was running the business was was working very well for clients. Clients were extremely happy with it. 
Um, but what I was finding was that, look, there are lots of individuals and families that would like to get in the door, and it was just becoming more and more difficult to say yes, uh, which is not a problem that you want to have in any business. You want to always be able to say yes. And so as, as I thought about that, uh, you know, there are a couple of options. You can go hire a lot of folks. You can sort of try to build out capability uh, from scratch. And that's attractive in a lot of ways, but it also comes with a lot of pain. That's, that's a road with a lot of learnings. And so uh, it, as I looked at the different options that were available, it became clear that uh, the best solution might be to find a firm that already built out some of those cap capabilities. And that specifically, we're already demonstrating some of the same uh, processes, tools, uh, capabilities that, that I feel like I was demonstrating with my clients. So there would be sort of a seamless, how do we kind of get together, join forces, uh, get to that kind of one, one plus one equals four sort of formulation. Right. Um, and as I was having discussions with a number of folks, Centura really uh, pretty quickly bubbled at the pop, top of the list as, uh, as we worked through the discussions. That's great. And so um, outside of capacity, what, what were, you know, was it tool set, was it people process? A variety of things really that ultimately said hey um, I, I need to you know find a, a broader platform so to speak is what we like to say yeah pro probably sort of all subsets of that capacity issue right so so it's not just about you can't take on new folks it's a recognition that you want to continue to serve your existing clients with excellence right um, and as you start to see those capacity constraints you start to worry about things like you know, am I, as, even though I'm, I'm spending 15 hours on the weekend sort of reading all the latest investment reports and trying to make sure that we're positioning clients effectively in their portfolios, you know, could, could I or should I have spent that 16th hour kind of working on that stuff? And what you recognize is that, look, there are folks that specialize in doing those things. And so uh, identifying those, those core skills that need to be part of your business and saying, look, if there are folks that are doing this uh, as well or better than you are, and uh, as we kind of sort of work in concert to create that additional capacity, that's really, really important. So I think it's that kind of quality of service was really becoming critical. Yeah, yeah, I get that totally. So when you, you know, when we first started talking, we, we were kind of, I'll call it peeling back the covers on Centura. What, what was it that you saw in terms of you know, beyond capacity, obviously, in, a, in any, I'll call it marriage, there's a, a need to uh, understand who you're combining forces with. What was it that was most attractive to you? And what, what problems did it help solve outside of the capacity situation? Yeah, so I, I think two things stand out. The first is what, what I'll call a, um, a really high-end process orientation that I saw at Centura. Uh, and so, you know, I've, one of the things that I've, I've done over the years, I said, I've kind of worked through mergers and acquisitions in lots of businesses. Um, and so I've seen businesses that are well-run, businesses that are not well-run. Uh, and unfortunately, sometimes there are more of the, for or the latter than the former. Right. But uh, with, within Centura, I saw this real great process orientation where it was clear that they had a vision of what they wanted to accomplish. They have a deep set of processes that help them to ensure sort of the quality of the experience with clients. Um, and, and I think it was critically important. Like there was just no scenario in which I wanted to be involved with anybody that wasn't going to continue to help me serve my clients in a way that uh, was sort of, you know, off the charts concierge service. And that's what I saw at Centura is that commitment to, to really serving well. Um, the other thing that stands out there, I think, is just this idea of transparency and accountability that, um, you know, we're just we're going to tell the unvarnished truth, whatever the situation um, and we're going to hit his, hit issues head on and make sure that we come up with effective solutions to deal with that. So I, so that stands out. And then you know specifically in terms of just domain expertise, Centura is doing things that 
Um, I have not seen, I, you know, it, it exists out there in the marketplace. But what Centura is doing, I think, is truly unique in terms of the way it's serving, particularly clients that are, you know, have reached a level of accomplishment, a level of wealth in their life that you know, is maybe beyond where a number of people otherwise get to. Um, and really effectively helping them to navigate through estate issues, income tax issues, uh, really helping them to flesh out what are my goals, uh, what do I need to do to sort of integrate those goals, recognize that they're all sort of competing with one another, so I have to sort of wrestle with what control am I willing to give up versus what sort of tax savings I'm trying to generate. And Centurge is doing it in a way that uh, is uh, something I've not seen elsewhere. Uh, and it is extremely impressive and something I think that uh, is really attractive to clients. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think, you know, it's so true to have that level of transparency and accountability. Um, you know, all too often professional services firms are, you know, they say they're a service firm, but in reality, when it comes down to it, most people get um, dissatisfied with their current provider because they're not getting serviced. Right. And having the, the team, the culture, the people, in the process uh, to be able to service people well, knowing that they're well taken care of and they can trust in their their team, um, is something that really stands out. And people, you know, um, love the relationship. They they build a bond that <laughs> they don't want to let go of. Absolutely. Um, so uh, you know a little bit more about yourself because when I started to get to know you, I was I was deeply impressed with um, you said you had achieved a level of success in your career where you were able to kind of think differently about um, needs and 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 what you wanted to accomplish, what legacy you wanted to leave uh, here while you were uh, still on uh, this planet. So tell us a little bit more about your philanthropic you know interests and pursuits because I think that is something that I've seen about you that is truly very unique and, and well aligned with with who we are and, and where we like to take our clients. Right. No, th thanks for that. I, uh, I always feel uh, it's always a little bit awkward, I think, to talk about uh, your philanthropic endeavors, but uh, but I'm happy to do that. You know, I'd say simply my, my wife and I, um, you know, both come from a background where, you know, we, we've viewed, look, we're pretty we're in a pretty lucky place in life. We, you know, we were born uh, kind of, with, you know, with all of our limbs and all of our mental faculties. Um, and we're just really pretty lucky, pretty blessed to sort of be where we're at in life. And we were taught that by our parents and sort of carried that on. And as we've, um, you know, as I said, we got married young. We've been together a lot of years. We sort of developed a vision together that says, look, you ought not to take that kind of good fortune for granted. And to the extent that you're able to do it, you ought to reach out and help those around you that are in need. And there are clearly lots of needs. That's evolved for us over time. We've done a lot of kind of travel around the world. Without question, you know, within the last few years in the U.S., I think we've all really developed a deeper appreciation of some of the needs, some of the issues that we need to work on as a society. Uh, but we developed some of that just from some of our world travels. I mean, we have seen real poverty and real need. And so we just come, came to the conclusion that uh, given that, and this is sort of an important point, I think, that I mentioned earlier, my wife and I did not have children. And so to the extent that um, there's not really a direct family to leave a legacy to, uh, we really just asked ourselves the question, why do we have this money? Um, you know, why, why us? Why, why did it fall into our hands? Obviously, you know, we worked hard, but to some extent, you know, anybody that says that, look, there's not a fair amount of luck, fair amount of just, you know, good fortune along the way is probably kidding themselves. And so, you know, we concluded that 
well, maybe we have it because we have the ability, given sort of the lack of a, a family with a legacy to, that we can do more on the charitable front. And so, um, so we just continue to sort of develop that. We, we've committed ourselves that, um, you know, to the extent that we maybe would prefer not to have Uncle Sam get more than his fair share, we'll, uh, we'll use char charity to kind of fulfill that, that uh, desire that we have to really, uh, you know, truly leave an impact in society and in a way that, uh, that makes a difference. That's fantastic. Is there any one cause or one area that you're more more than others in terms of passion or excitement around? Yes. Yeah, so um, broadly speaking, I guess I would say we do tend to we have historically focused our efforts a little bit outside of the U.S. And some of that's just been driven by as you know, so we've traveled the world and seen some real needs. We've you know wanted to uh, you know try to alleviate uh, hunger and poverty, make sure there's clean water, things of that nature. Those have really have been a focus. Uh, candidly, within the last couple of years, I, I think we've started to take a harder look at the needs right here at home. And, uh, you know, we're starting to develop some specific uh, charities and, and causes that we want to support um, here, here at home. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So when it comes to uh, serving clients, obviously, you've, you're going from a, hey, I have to do everything, to joining a, a firm where there's actually a team-based approach. So... Um, you know, tell us in, in terms of how you see the, the mo your model, service model evolving, um, what was it or what is it about the, this team model that you think is effective and, and beneficial for your clients, given that for some, they just had one number to call. Right. Um, and, and they probably still will keep your number in their speed dial, but uh, <laughs> what is it about uh, our, our way of servicing that uh, you think really you know, helps deliver that same level of quality of service? Yeah, so, you know, as, as a generalization, whether or not we're talking about Centura, I think there's this idea that, um, you know, you, you want to kind of do that which only you can do uh, as somebody that has some skills in the marketplace. And so uh, really being able to leverage a team period uh, that can do some of the things that may, you know, maybe there are two or three people that can do this. It doesn't need to be me doing this task. So I think as a generalization, that's true. What I saw Centura, again, I sort of point I alluded to earlier maybe is, the process orientation where uh, when you start to get to know Centura from the inside, uh, you really see that there is not anything haphazard or accidental about what happens internally. Uh, that you know, terrific leadership team uh, combined with really terrific associates that understand, uh, participate actively in understanding sort of the vision of the organization. And, and really uh, doing a great job of defining what those individual roles ought to look like so that everybody understands the value they contribute. And so when you see that actually in practice, you know, it's different than a, it's just a voice on the other end of the line, a number I call, and I hope that they do what I asked them to do, which is, you know, sometimes your experience at the, at the cable company or, or with the IRS or whatever. <laughs> uh, at, at Centura, there's this real sense of that when, when the call gets answered, that the person on the other end of the line has already thought about, you know, how should this interaction go? And they're going to make sure it's a really quality experience. So, so you know, in, in terms of Centura specific, I think just seeing that process orientation, that kind of passion, commitment to excellence in terms of serving clients really has given me, you know, just a great sense of comfort about I know going forward my clients are going to have a terrific experience. 
Um, you know, I, I assume most of my clients would say Roby's a really great guy, but uh, I'm sure they would. But but you know, every once in a while they probably think uh, you know it, it would be great if I just had another person to kind of talk to. Like, look, I just I need you to send me a couple of dollars out of my account today. Can can I just hand that to somebody? And so feeling really confident about Centura's uh, ability to handle those really critical tactical day to day activities. Yeah, and I think the other broader picture of it is you know professional services firm. We always think about our our goal as a company, which is to, to create a sustainable organization. And when you're trying to do everything yourself, at some point, your client's going to look you in the eye and say, well, what happens if you get hit by a bus, right? right. And so having the, the team, the resources, and the people around to make sure that their interests will always be served over time and hopefully over generations, uh, having that you know infrastructure in place is really um, something that goes back to just serving your client well and putting their interests ahead of your own personal interests. Right. So um, I think that uh, definitely resonates with our, our purpose and mission in life here at Centura. And uh, with that, I think uh, we can kind of close out the show because we were really here to give uh, people who don't know you a chance to learn a little bit more about you. And uh, hopefully for others that are listening in, you will have an opportunity to work with Roby uh, at some point down the road. He is based in Scottsdale, but serves clients all across the United States and has quite a few up in Northern California, I believe. Uh, Correct. But we're always looking to find a good uh, alignment there in terms of other others that want to uh, take advantage of his skill set and uh, expertise. So with that, Eric, I appreciate your uh, hosting us today and uh, taking us through this fun and exciting podcast and want to turn it over to you again. I appreciate that, guys. Roby, it's such a pleasure to meet you. I, I hope that uh, through this podcast, the clients do get a better understanding of you and, and what makes you tick. I love the philanthropic stuff that you and your wife are doing. Uh, thank you so much for doing that. And I also just want to ask, is there a specific number that they should be calling if they want to get to know you better or, or speak to you about maybe their specific circumstance that you can help them with? Yeah, thanks, Eric. Uh, clients can uh, reach me uh, pretty much anytime uh, at uh, this number, 480-750-9450. Yeah, and uh, contact information is obviously available on our website as well. But uh, Eric, thank you very much. You betcha. Hey, Jonathan, one more thing before we go. Um, can you remind people what the website is so they can they can reach out there? Absolutely. It's uh, www.centurawealth.com. All right. Fantastic. Thank you guys so much for the podcast today. And of course, our last thank you always goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Listening Liberated Podcast with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when they come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And heck, if you've got some family in Arizona, you know who to call. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Centura Wealth Advisory, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Centura Wealth Advisory. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. 
Centura Wealth Advisory. Centura is an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in San Diego, California. Centura and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration and notice filing requirements imposed on SEC-registered investment advisors, in which Centura maintains clients. Centura may only transact business in those states in which it is notice filed or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from notice filing requirements. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Tax relief varies based on client circumstances and all clients do not achieve the same results.